You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 46. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, my friends. This is From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Officially hit three years Monday, January 13th, 2020. Just posted about it on Instagram today, though. I've had a very busy couple days. I was out of town for the weekend, coming back from Northern California, where I just experienced some of the most beautiful parts of our planet. Uh, it was an amazing weekend. Just the, this can't even begin to express how gorgeous an ocean crashing up against granite rocks, uh, full of seals on the beach, and it just the most. I swear, seals are adorable. Um, I liken them to half meerkat, half dog. The way they poke their head up and look around reminds me of meerkat manor on Animal Planet. And uh, at least from a distance, their faces look super awesome and cuddly. Um, they are usually, you know, between 500 and 2,000 pounds. Probably not the most cuddly of animal when you get up close to them, but from a distance in the ocean with their little babies swimming with them, they are super adorable. So, I had an excellent time. That was that was the way I decided to spend my three-year um, soberversary uh, with just one of my best friends on the planet. And what I would like to discuss today is, yes, three years of sobriety is absolutely awesome. It's fantastic. I, I would... I cannot even begin to express oh, how awesome it feels. Um, every day that I wake up sober is the best day of my life. Um, I've got many of my friends who um, have joined me on this sobriety journey without me poking and prodding them either. These are people who just saw in themselves an opportunity to make a change and uh, have did it. It, it. They did it. And these are people who I drank with for years. And, and you know, I'm sure most people thought... It's funny, the people that I'm noticing get sober are the people that most of us, that most of my friends probably thought, one, could never get sober, and two, would probably be dead before we would get sober. Um, so shout out to Gumby for being on this journey with me. Um, what I'd like to discuss today is, is, is so much, so much about being sober is awesome. And um, I, I did post something up on Instagram asking for some questions, and I'm going to get to some of those today. Some of the rest of them are going to come on Tuesday. I, I got a lot of them. Only a handful on the uh, actual post itself. Uh, got some more in the DMs. I'm, I'm noticing for some reason that my reach isn't as big as it used to be. Um, I did get shadow banned for some reason uh, by stupid Instagram for a little while. So that was frustrating. And I think that somehow I'm not reaching the crowd that I used to with it, uh, which is a bummer just in as much as I was loving the feedback I was getting from people about the show. And so uh, just being mindful now of, 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 of apparently liking too many people's uh, photos, I do go in there and just start to find someone's account that I really like and, and then start to like the things that I read, right? I'm a big proponent of, if I've read it, I'm going to give it a like because I want you to know that somebody was paying attention to your post out there. So uh, if I end up on your page and you all of a sudden get 37 likes from me, it's not because I'm just randomly doing it. It's because I was going through your feed and wanted to let you know someone was paying attention to your hard work and your funny posts. Um, 
But back to the point, you know, if there is going to be one in this whole show, <laughs> I'm just, I am, I am very excited about the three years. Uh, I'm going to be posting a picture of my of my three year chip. Um, I had a special necklace made up with my chakra stones in it, and I'm going to post that for the first time on Instagram. I've had this necklace now for a couple months, but I really wanted to wait to show it off until I got my three year chip on it. And um, I'll, I'll say this about three years. And this might go back to, I think, episode two or three, if you go back in the archive, about where it's one day at a time versus I'll never drink again. Um, when you tell someone you've got three years sober, and I went to, I went to my 12-step store that's over in West Hollywood, and um, the guy there, he had three more months than me. So I remember he was the same guy working the register last year when I went, went in for my two-year chip. And because I have to get a special chip, it's actually a keychain in order to take it off the keychain so I can put it on a, on a necklace. I can't just go to a meeting and, and get a chip. It, it's not the right kind. And so it was the same guy that was there last year, and uh, I recognized him, and he didn't recognize me, but of course he sees tons of people, and he's the only guy I've ever seen at that store. And um, we, I mentioned that, you know, three years sober, and he mentioned that he was, you know, three years and three months. So 36 months versus 39 months, we're really close to one another. And I was like, well, you know, if I don't see you between here and then, you know, I'll see you next year for my four-year chip. And he's like, you know, God willing, you know, hope good luck. And paraphrasing here, but God willing, good luck, I hope it works out, uh, was definitely words used in, you know, the two or three minutes that he said something after I said, see you next year for my four-year chip. And this this is what I, I want to touch upon. And some of you might disagree and some of you might agree. And really, this is just my feeling about it. But my sobriety is not a God-willing kind of thing. I, I'm not hoping that a deity up there above is going to pay attention to me one day when I'm having a bad day and it keeps me from using my sobriety is on me, and I, I can feel an emotional trigger right now. I can feel a warming in my chest. I, I, the hairs on my arms are sticking up. So clearly, I feel strongly about this. My sobriety is on me. I am not going to blame someone else for cutting me off. I'm not going to blame someone else for, for yelling at me on the street. I'm not going to blame somebody else for losing my luggage at an airport. Uh, somebody else gets sick and ends up in the hospital. A friend decides they don't want to hang out with me anymore and, and ghosts on me and stops re- re- replying to my messages. A loved one, someone close to me passes away. I'm not going to blame any of those, anything, anything that you can possibly think of on me going out and using again. If I go out and use, it is a choice that I have made. And yes, oftentimes relapse starts weeks and months before it actually happens. But I'm not going to sit here and say, well, God willing, I'll be sober. No, no. Me willing, I stay sober. Me. This is on me. This isn't on anyone else. I'm the one who makes that decision. I'm the one who decides if I stay sober. This idea that there's a higher power, and I get that AA and you know in refuge they they push they they do push the the Christian and the the Buddhist role that plays in it, and I am all about having a belief system in place. I would never frown upon that. You can believe whatever you want. You, if you decide to worship dogs, that's fine. But don't then go out and blame the dog for not paying attention to you one day, and then that's why you went out and used. There is no God willing, I'll be sober next year. 
I decide if I drink. I decide if I use drugs. No one else, no one else's actions can control my actions. Someone might not give me the response back that I want. If I do something kind to them, if I tell them how important they are to me, if I ask them for assistance, if I'm vulnerable in front of them, if I explain to them how much I am suffering, I cannot control the response that they give back to me. But whatever that response is back to me, that is not what's going to make me drink. They are not literally giving me uh, the response I don't want and then at the same time holding my face down on the floor and pouring alcohol in my mouth. I said this in one of, in a podcast a while ago, and I think it may have even been the one day at a time versus I'll never drink again, that <laughs> the insane scenario that I would somehow get kidnapped and told that everyone I've ever loved will be kidnapped and locked in a hole and made to put lotion on their skin unless I drink a bottle of bourbon, that is an impossible, ridiculous scenario. But if I'm ever held captive, and I'm told that my loved ones will die if I don't drink, I will then, end that moment of that insane, impossible scenario, make the decision on whether I will drink again, on whether I will use drugs again, if that impossible, insane scenario ever comes up. Otherwise, let's live over here in normal land where normal things happen and realize that these ebbs and flows of our lives, somebody, uh, one of the questions asked in Instagram when I post, uh, posted this, uh, Pratic uh, underscore Soden, maybe, I'm sorry if I don't pronounce that right, he said, uh, my mood swings. Um, I'll get to that, but I'm getting ready to reference mood, so I'll talk about that. The mood swings that come in normal day-to-day life, the highs and lows, the joys, the sorrows, the sadness, the happiness, the excitement, the boredom, all of these things that you feel These are not reasons to go out and use. We once used those as reasons. Oh, man, I had a really hard day at work. I need to go out and drink. Oh, boy, I had a great day at work. I should go out and drink and celebrate. Oh, man, this person you know, didn't tell me that they loved me. I, I need to go out and drink. Oh, man, this person just told me that they loved me. I need to go out and drink. Right? There's all of those things that we used to use as excuses to drink. We now know through our addiction recovery, are just the normal ebbs and flows, the highs and lows of life. And not any of them are a reason to go out and drink. In fact, we know, because one, we've been following along on this show for the last year, but just through our own systems that we've put in place, that by not drinking, by not getting intoxicated, we are now in control of ourselves when those highs and lows come. Highs are great because it reminds you of the, you know, it's what keeps you alive. I love music. Music is my life. I listen to music constantly. I love to listen to it and daydream or to meditate or to write to. It doesn't matter. I have, a, I have a song. I have a sound for every single second of my life. I love music. The joy of listening to music and being able to do it sober and hear it and feel it and allow it to get inside of me and to just, and to just, con- con- just I want to say continue, what's the right word, to just contribute to this amazing life force, this energy in me, is awesome. I used to use music as an excuse to get intoxicated. Now I use it as my reason to stay sober. It's all about the mindset that you have. 
There's no God willing to if I'll be sober next year or not. I mean, bless the man who runs that store if he, that's how he wants to see it, and that's and, and that's the the fear or the optimism or the pessimism that he wants to use when he thinks about his sobriety. That there's that there's a God who if he, if they're willing to let him stay sober, he'll be sober. God wants the best for us all. Right? If, if, I believe, I, I call my God the universe. I believe in the universal energy, whatever you want to call yours. But for the sake of the simplicity, I'll just say God. But don't get, all, oh my gosh, Jesse's talking about religion. I got to run from it. No, that's not what we're doing here. I call my higher power energy the universe. I believe that there's a beauty to this dance that we are all involved in. And, you know, by all means, you believe whatever you want to believe. But for the sake of this, we'll just use the word God because it's just going to be easier for all of us to follow along. All right, so there's not your God isn't willing you to stay sober. Yes, you can ter- have turned over your power and say that it's up to somebody else. But for me, I don't do that. I have the power. I'm all He-Man on this. I have the power of grace call. I have the strength in me. I'm the one who had the strength in me to determine it was time to, to get sober. Right, whatever energy, whatever was pushing me in that direction, and I do believe the universe was saying, Jesse, there is so much more you have to your life. Whatever gods are out there were like, come on, dude, seriously, drinking for 23 days straight and then finding yourself blacked out all the time and then having to go through a 14-day detox just to get healthy enough to start it all over again is no way to live. Come on, bro. Step it up. Okay, so... One, you know, one day at a time versus I'll never drink again. Go listen to that episode. But I just remember it wasn't just him, this guy at the 12-step store. There was, and again, I told him about the show. If you're listening, dude, you're, you, you, you are an amazing man. I love that you run that store. I love that you're sober. I love that you're still there. And again, everyone can use whatever language they want to use. But let's be very clear that the language we use inside of our heads can very, can very much dictate our our the way that we will operate in our actual lives, right? Thoughts create feelings. I've talked about this when it comes to coaching, coaching yourself and, and being able to step outside and, and see how your mind actually creates the life that you live, right? Your thoughts create feelings. So if your thought is, God willing, I'll stay sober, what feeling does that give you? If it gives you strength and optimism and courage, then run with it. But if your thought is, God willing, I'll be sober, and then the, then the feeling that gives you is pessimism because what if God's not willing one day? You know, what if I'm not listening to God? What if I'm not paying attention to his signs? What if I misread his signs? If the feeling you get from having the thought of God willing, I stay sober, then you need to change the way you think. Everything that I say, all of my... Uh, of, of all of the things that I verbalize, the, the, the way I hear my thoughts, the way that I, I, that I understand my feelings, everything that I'm doing is to make sure that I understand that I am in control of my thoughts, which ultimately cause my feelings, which drive my actions, which create my results. This is the Life Coaching Model 101 that Brooke Castillo teaches in the Life Coaching School podcast. She's my mentor. She's my life coach. I sing her praises all the time. And I just cannot stress enough that the, the, how we talk to ourselves in our heads dictates the results of our life. Again, I'll repeat that your thoughts cause your feelings, which drive your actions, which create the results of your life. 
which go back and then anchor themselves into whatever event, whatever circumstance arose that caused those thoughts. Something happens to create a thought. Even sitting on the couch and, and, and then looking around and being like, man, I wish I was watching television with someone else. The circumstance, the fact of that scenario is that you're sitting on a couch watching television by yourself. All right? The thought that comes from that can be anything. It can be, man, I'm really glad that I have this alone time to watch my favorite show while no one's interrupting me. Or it can be, wow, it really sucks that I'm watching my favorite show with no one here to watch it with me. And that's that. those two co- contrasting thoughts will create two different feelings, which will drive two different actions, which will create two different results. So God willing, I stay sober is not something I'm going to say because I am in control of my actions. My actions come from my feelings, which are caused by my thoughts. So, all I'm trying to say in this, you know, I guess seven minute uh, montage or diatribe or whatever is that be careful with the language that you're using inside your head because it very much dictates the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, and results that you get. I go, I'm going to take back very much, and it absolutely positively dictates. Your thoughts create your feelings, lead to actions, create results. It is a fact. Brooke Castillo didn't invent this system. It was a system that already existed in the universe. She just figured out a way to succinctly tell it to us all so that we could understand it and we could use it and we could start actually changing our lives by controlling our thoughts. When you have a negative thought that drives a negative feeling that creates a negative action, which, which, which brings about a negative result, just knowing that and, and realizing that you could have thought differently, which would have created a different feeling, which would have driven a different action, which would have created a different result, just knowing that gives you the power. That's what's important, is understanding that you have the power. Understanding that no one else makes you drink. No one else makes you use. I don't care what trauma you have in your life. There is a human out there who chose a different way, who didn't use alcohol and drugs. I'm not saying this isn't a are they better, are we better kind of scenario. I'm just simply saying other people go through similar events and have different outcomes because of their thoughts. You can have a different outcome because you can start to think differently. You can choose to be in control. You can still worship your God. You can still believe that you handed him over the power. You can still say all of the, the, the mantras, and you can still have your meditation practice, and you can still go to Refuge Recovery or AA or SMART or any of those others that exist. You can still, and you can still follow what they say, but you can also know that you're in control of your thoughts. I'm in control of my thoughts. No matter what my thoughts are, none of them go back to, hey, I bet you using would make this situation better. I already know that it won't. So 36 months in plus three days, I know enough about myself to realize that, yes, I'll be sober. I'll be sober in year four. I'll be sober in year five. I'll be sober in year six. The only way I won't be sober is if I choose to not be sober. 
and I won't choose to not be sober. Somebody won't die that will send me over the cliff. Something bad won't happen that will send me over the cliff. Because that event isn't what sparked it. I'm using that event as an excuse to start up something I already wanted to start up again anyways. Right? Do you hear do you hear that? Is that resonating with you? If something happens and you say, Well, oh my god, you know, the, my dog died and you know, so of course I started drinking that night. No, you used the dog dying as the excuse. You wanted to drink again. You wanted to use again so badly that you found a, a reason. It could have been getting fired from a job. It could have been that your rent check bounced and your landlord threatened to evict you. You can use whatever uh, you can use whatever event you want to create the excuse that will allow you to think it's okay to use again. Just know that that event did not cause you to use. You chose to use. I would have to choose to use in order to ever get intoxicated again. There is no part of me in this version of myself who thinks that using ever again will benefit me in any way, shape, or form. I know people who've been sober for 25, 30 years who've chosen to drink alcohol again in a controlled manner because you know now they're in their 60s. They know they're not going through the same emotional issues they were going with before. Their addiction recovery took them through that journey so that they could you know, uncover what the suffering that they were going through. They were vulnerable in their meetings. They were vulnerable with their sponsors. They were vulnerable with their friends, families, loved ones. They were able to work through the emotional catastrophes that they allowed to to sink them into the depression that got them into addiction. They were they were able to sift through all of that, and they believe that it's okay now for them to drink again. That's their life. If that's what they think, then go for it. But that's. That's, you know, we're talking about family members and friends that were sober for 25, 30 years who thought about this for like a year or two, right? If that's what they want to do, then whatever, go for it. It's your life. I hope, I pray that you made the right decision and that ultimately you, you know, don't, you're not, and I'm using air quotes here, controlling the monster, that there is just no more monster, right? I got tired of managing the monster inside of me that once alcohol touched my lips, couldn't stop until I was in the fetal position in the bathtub, wishing that I was dead because I had drank for so many days in a row that I could no longer consume any kind of beverages, let alone eat. I cannot even begin to tell you how many one week, two week, three week, massive benders. I'm talking about four or five handles of vodka and enough beer to kill a moose. I w- how many? How often I would do that to myself just to get myself to the point where I could no longer even uh, uh, like taking one hit off a cigarette hurt. Drinking one ounce of water caused me to get sick, uh, and I would then I I'd put myself through a detox, get healthy enough, and just do it all over again. I know what that felt like. I don't want to try to manage that monster anymore. I don't want to try to justify to myself why I can use because that, 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 is, that seems exhausting. The number one thing I got back when I got sober was my hobbies, was my love for life. I can see a seal pop his head out in the ocean with his little baby seal, her baby seal, chilling next. And I'm like, I'm, I'm picturing, you know, a meerkat with a dog meshed together. And it's this adorable little seal. And I'm laughing and I'm pointing. And I'm staring out in the ocean for 45 minutes at a stretch, just looking for any, any sign that a seal might pop its head up and look at me. Like, that's awesome. Old Jesse may have found some enjoyment in that seal, but I can assure you he'd have had a 
bottle of water next to him full of vodka, and he would have been nine sheets to the wind. He wouldn't have been present for any of that, right? Probably wouldn't even have remembered it. I love sobriety because I get to be present in my life. I get to remember things. I get to have my hobbies back. I get to put on this headset and talk to you guys, and I enjoy it so much. There are things that addiction took from me that I want back. My enjoyment for life, my love affair with photography, the enjoyment I get from music. These are things, I mean, learning. I love information. I love reading cool articles. I love reading cool books. I love growing and and being in the personal development world because to me, there's just nothing better than knowing when my head hits the pillow at night that I am a better version of myself right then and there than I was when I woke up that morning. Every single morning I wake up, my mission is to be a little bit better than I was the, the night before. And then I I spend the whole day looking for little opportunities to be present in a conversation with someone I enjoy talking with. Be present in a conversation with someone I don't enjoy talking with. Just be present, right? Read something cool. Be nice to a stranger. Don't honk my horn when someone cuts me off. You know, uh, put my weights back up on the rack rather than just leaving them wherever I happen to put them down after I'm done with them. Right, Little things that show that I have a respect for the world. I have a respect for life. I have empathy towards all of God's creatures. I believe that we all have a place and a space in this world, that there's room enough for all of us to win at life, meaning we, we have food, warmth, shelter, uh, security. We have a job that we can enjoy, that we go to, that provides a life for us so that we can really prosper and grow and learn and and whatever you know what the meaning of life is to me whatever meaning you want it to be so for some people it's love for some people it's connection for some people it's growth for some people it's money for some people it's drugs and alcohol And, and that's sad that's a bummer man for those people because that that's chasing a dragon that can never be caught the meaning of life is whatever you want the meaning of life to be and i have no doubt that depending on what stage of life we're in, how old we are, that meaning changes. The meaning of life when you're a kid is how many times can you play a video game in one day and how many how much sugar can you eat, right? Or how many hot dogs or how much TV can you watch or you know, uh, how many sports can you play, right? The meaning of life at 18 versus 25, 35, 45, 65, 84, is, it's, it's different. But being sober allows me to be present for all of it. 36 months has taught me that the best thing about my life is my sobriety. Now, it's not the only thing that I I can't just keep hanging my hat on that day after day. I encourage you to not just say, well, I'm sober and that's enough. And and look, just to be clear, if you're in the beginning stages, second one, hour one, day one, month one, yes, yes. Just being sober today is enough. Some, some days it's a bad day for me and I'm just like, you know what? At least I'm sober. I didn't get a lot of life coaching work done. I didn't shoot a podcast. I didn't call some people I wanted to call. I, I left work. I came home. I ate some food. I sat on the couch and I decided I'm just going to Netflix and chill, right? Some days being sober is enough. But overall, in this, in this story arc we have uh, from sobriety to recovery and our addiction recovery journey, 
being sober, you're going to get to a point where it's just, it's not enough. It is a part. It is the foundation for everything that you'll do. But it can't be the only thing you hang your hat on. You have to step out of yourself. Be of service to your community. Be a contributor to the world around you. Get back. You know what? Being a contributor to the world around you can seriously be as simple as finding something that brings you happiness and joy and a smile to your face and just doing it. If you love photography and you go and you take a really pretty picture of your town and you post it on Instagram, that per- somebody out there will get joy from that. You have contributed to society. You go to work, you have contributed to the world. You say something nice to anyone on this planet, you have contributed to the positive flow that we so desperately need in this world today. The number one way out of depression is to stop being in your head, focusing only on yourself, spiraling with your negative thoughts, and step outside of yourself and just do something positive for anyone else yourself. I've learned through all of my meetings, through all of the, through all of my trainings, through all of the things that I've learned that the number one problem with depression is that people lock inside their minds, they only focus on themselves and they begin to spiral themselves into a deep black hole. Yes, there are the people who get so deep in that that they can't leave their house, they can't they're afraid to talk to people, right? They 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 become just secluded and all alone, right? And those are the people that we most desperately need to reach out to and help. Our mental health in this country is in desperate need of repair. But first and foremost is if you know someone like that, re-reach out. You do whatever you can. And if you think that you are someone like that, just step outside of your own mind and just do something for the world around you. And that's how I'm going to leave you guys on the, on this today because this turned more into a, I don't know if it was a motivational speech or a sermon or a soapbox or whatever I just did. Um, but it was just, that, that was just my pure passion flow. Um, Tuesday's episode, we're going to be going through the questions that I got um, on Instagram. There's a great one about uh, relationships in there. There's a great one about mood swings. Um, there, there's just some really great questions, and I can't wait to go over those. Um, so if you're somebody who sent me a question, I'm going to go over the public ones first, and then I'll do the private ones um, further on in the episodes. Um, still still got to finish the series. I started at the end of 2019, um, but I'll going out on this that I mean and then there's so much I covered in this but you know de- there's depression and there's positive thoughts and your thoughts creating your feelings and if you're in depression if you find yourself depressed and maybe this will help the person who posted about the mood swings is that remember that your feelings these moods that you have are created by the thoughts that you have so ask yourself whenever you're when you're going into a mood swing when all of a sudden you're full of anger, you're full of rage or sadness or depression. What was the thought that created that feeling? Right? A feeling is that's a mood. If you're feeling if you're in a, if you're in a mood, then you're having a feeling. So what was the thought that created that feeling? Before you even try to worry about changing the thought that you had that created that feeling, just figure out what the thought was. Write it down. Don't just think about it in your head. Write it down. If you feel depressed, 
Why? What are the thoughts you're having about yourself that are causing the feelings of depression? We'll talk more on this later about what to do with those, but once you write down the thoughts, then you can there, there, you can start to see some absurdity in the in the, what you're thinking about yourself, what you're thinking about the world. Uh, oh, everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. That's bullshit. You cannot use a definitive like everybody hates me, nobody loves me. Somewhere out there right now is someone who is a priest or a rabbi or a professor or a teacher or a mental health advocate who, if they heard about your story, would love you the moment they knew you. And they don't even need to know you to want to send you love. Everyone doesn't hate you. No, it, everyone doesn't not love you. That's, that's preposterous. That's something you're saying to yourself to keep yourself in that spiral. Because there is, a, there, there is a comfortability in our sadness. There's a comfortability in our suffering. When we decided to get sober and step into this world that we are all in now, we finally made the decision that we were done being comfortable in our suffering and sadness and depression and that we wanted to begin to build a life where we were comfortable in our skin, that we were comfortable with ourselves I'm not even saying that, we were, that we're always going to be happy with ourselves, that we're always going to be joyous about what we're doing. We're going to be thrilled about where we're at. My mom, used, my mom has a quote. She used to have a quote. She's passed away. But she's like, you may not, but it goes like this. You may not always be with the people that you want to be with or be doing the things that you want to be doing, but you don't have to be a dick about it. Everything isn't always going to be perfect, but it doesn't mean you have to be a dick about it. And most importantly, this means don't be a dick to yourself. Realize that you choose the thoughts that cause the feelings that drive the actions that create the results. The thoughts I choose to have are that I love being sober. The feeling that gives me is of joy, is of confidence. I, 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 it, it, it's, a, it's a humble pride that I have and the fact that somebody like me who used to think that he couldn't go a day without drinking has managed to go 1,095. The actions that give me are learning more about myself, stepping through my uncomfortability, releasing the suffering, figuring out what it was that traumatized me and, and, and letting go of that pain and that anger and that hostility towards the person who I think caused it or towards myself for experiencing it. Either way, the results that come out of it is it's another day of sobriety. It's another positive movement in my addiction recovery. It is just this amazing life. And when the ebbs and flows come, I realize that that's just life. It's not sobriety. It's just life. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am blessed to have been doing this show now for over a year. I appreciate you and love you and thank you for your time today as always remember it's all about inclusivity not exclusivity all right let's be more inclusive to all the people around us much love to the power of positive energy you release it and your life will flow 
I'll see, this is dropping on Friday morning because you know I was had so much going on at the beginning of the week. Another episode following up right behind it on Tuesday. I will actually stick to the script on Tuesday's episode and answer these questions off of Instagram. Thank you all for being a member of this amazing community. I bless you every single day. My appreciation, my gratitude for your existence in my life. I cannot. It cannot be said enough times. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Until we meet again, bye-bye.